Welcome to the Boss Lady Podcast. If you desire to make your life extraordinary, to reach and exceed your personal and professional goals, and to learn from other strong leaders, then the Boss Lady Podcast is for you. As a mother, wife, and former CEO, I will share lessons and stories of personal and professional successes and failures. Join my co-host, Al Smith, and me as we break down strategies, tools, and techniques that will enhance your professional and personal growth. I am Teresa Rand, and this is the Boss Lady Podcast. Hey there, boss ladies. It's Bobby, the producer of the Boss Lady Podcast. Teresa thought it might be fun to shake it up just a little bit this week. So I'm going to intro the show. This week, we are featuring our very own boss lady pastor, Katie Steinberg, who's sharing with us a message called, It's All About the Path. Pastor Katie, we are so grateful for and has a really great ability to speak into our lives with something that can be quite deep and existential but still very practical and hit home. And as always, this week's random thought, life is a journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hope that sinks in, and I bet it will have a whole lot to do with what's coming up right after the break. Whether you're an entrepreneur climbing the corporate ladder or a work-from-home parent, you are a boss. Together, we are cultivating your personal and professional growth. Check out TeresaRanConsulting.com today to find out more about this movement. Hello, boss ladies. This is Reverend Katie Steinberg here with you, um, a.k.a. the Boss Lady Pastor. Are they still calling me that? I'm going with it anyway because I love it, and uh, and it makes me feel empowered in the same way that I hope being a boss lady helps you feel empowered and uh, part of a community of people who are here to support each other, love on each other, um, get through the hard stuff together, and uh, and do the fun and good stuff together too. So you may notice that you're only hearing one voice uh, as as of this moment, and that is because. There is only one voice. It's just me today. And uh, I am not sitting here with my normal crew of uh, banter friends with Al and Bobby and Teresa um, just because of scheduling and the challenges of all getting in the same place at the same time. So without my normal conversation partners, I am engaging a different conversation partner. Um, you may have heard me, if you've been following closely to the Boss Lady podcast, talk about Pima Chodron, who wrote a book called um, When Things Fall Apart. I think she's written other books too, but this one has been essential in my life. So um, I'm going to let Pima be my conversation partner as we talk about today's topic, which is it's all part of the path. Um, just to give you a little bit of groundwork for that, the idea that we are sold by our, our society, by capitalism, by, um, you know, big whoever, big pharma, big Amazon, big all these places that if we just had enough, if we had enough education, or if we had um, the right job, or if we had enough money, or if we had whatever it is, the new fancy car, um, 
then we would be happy that there would be a way to avoid the the pain, the sadness, the anger, the hard stuff in life if we were just enough. And uh, and Pima Chodron's book gives us a different answer. And, and honestly, as a pastor, I would argue that Scripture gives us a different answer too, that it's not about our adequacy, um, that there's another place that our peace resides. Um, but for today, we're going to walk through some of this Pima Chodron book. Again, it's called When Things Fall Apart, and, uh, and look at some of her thoughts and be in conversation together with this idea that it's it's all part of the path. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the in-between stuff, it's it's all part of it. And there's not some magic recipe that if you were just enough, then you wouldn't have any hard stuff and it would all be fun and good stuff. That's that's a lie you've been sold and uh and just sets us up for disappointment. But there's another way. And it doesn't mean no pain. It doesn't mean no frustration or sadness or anger in life. Those are all part of what it means to be human. That's all part of this life. And in fact, in many ways, having that contrast of the good and the bad is is what makes us capable of experiencing what is good and pure and love. Um, the fact that we have the contrast of what isn't. Um, so we're going to look at some of uh, Pima Chodron's book here. And this chapter is very fittingly, uh, perhaps my inspiration, called The Path is the Goal. And this is some of what she says here. The well-being is often a result of having been brave enough to be fully alive and awake to every moment of life, including all the lack of cheer, all the dark times, all the times when the clouds cover the sun. I really appreciate that she's given us this invitation um, I have often in my life, perhaps this is true for you too, when things haven't gone as I thought they should or expected them to, um, would assign blame and shame often to myself, sometimes to others. Um, this would all be better if you would just, this would all be better if I could just. Um, these kinds of sentiments aren't helpful. There's no way around what is her language here? The days when the clouds cover the sun. In fact, it may be necessary. Um, I was in church a couple weeks ago, uh, and Reverend Jake Marshall was preaching. This was at First Presbyterian Church, Daytona Beach, which is a place you can find me with some frequency these days. Um, but Jake was preaching, and, and he kind of ended his sermon with, uh, it, w- it was a bit of a dark sermon, but I appreciate a pastor who won't uh, turn away from from the darkness and, and just pretend everything's all peachy. Um, but he ended talking about the coming storm, the gathering storm, and and it was framed in his um, musings about the Ukraine war and and some of the state of society today. But what was interesting for me personally is I had this visual of this dark line of storms rolling in off the ocean, and that, and many of you, if any of you are coastal, have have probably experienced that. I mean, in a big, scary, dark line of storms popped up in my mind's eye. And then this gentle voice said, isn't it beautiful? And in that moment, it just kind of reframed for me that some of the, some of the dark, some of the gathering storm is, is not only necessary because it is that, but also, also can be beautiful. And I just really appreciate that that reframe. I mean, it doesn't mean it's all going to be easy or perfect or better, whatever that means. 
Um, but it does mean it's part of it. Here's another quote from Pima's book. It says, if there's any possibility for enlightenment, it's right now, not at some future time. Now is the time. What does it take to use the life we already have in order to make us wiser rather than more stuck? What is the source of wisdom at a personal, individual level? And I bet you know, I know, if I take the time to get quiet and slow down and think about it, I know what the sources of wisdom are. I, I know who I want to be. Um, most often that is someone who is calm and confident, someone who is wise and peaceful. I, I, and I know where to find those things. But I also have to make the time for them. I know that meditation and prayer, I know that um, going to wisdom authors like Pima Chodron, like scriptures, like um, poets, oh, um, I have people in my life that I think of as great sources of wisdom, and I, and I bet you do too. And it's interesting to me as I've sort of continued to grow and become and evolve that I, I've become more aware of the times when I turn to wise people when I want wisdom <laughs> and the times when I actively turn away from it, right? I just want somebody who's going to echo what I already think or somebody who's going to get mad with me or on my behalf or more mad than me because then I can, you know, justify my own indignation or judgment or whatever it is I happen to be doing. Um, but the reality is I know where the wisdom is and often it's required of me to engage a certain amount of quiet and calm and, uh, Oh, and boy, can I find a lot of reasons not to. I'm sure you can too. Um, but the reality is I, I can hold that space. I can. I can make time um, for the quiet. Often for me, that means getting up at 5 a.m. And, and making a cup of coffee and sitting um, with my readings and writings and, and meditation. I know where the wisdom is, and so do you. It's, am I willing to, to engage it? Do I want to listen to it and hear what it has to say? Sometimes the answer to that is, is not as clear. Another line from uh, Pima's book, um, this is actually the chapter called The Trick of Choicelessness. Gosh, this book is good, y'all. You really need to get it. So um, this line says, we have to stop thinking that we can get away and settle down somewhere else. Instead, we could just relax. Relax with exhaustion, indigestion, insomnia, irritation, delight, whatever. You know, I think we spend so much time trying to get rid of some of these things, exhaustion, indigestion, insomnia, irritation, frustration, sadness, anger. We want to reduce these things in our life. And listen, I get that. Um, and... If we could somehow reframe, and, and this is a practice, this is not a one-time gig, right? But if we can reframe and allow that just to be part of the story. I believe I've used the metaphor on this podcast before of, you know, when I'm going through a sad time or a mad time or a frustrated time, you know, if I can pause for a moment and just say, ah, yes, this is the part of the story where the girl is sad. And just let that be part of the story. And interestingly, instead of avoiding what is sad, mad, or painful and allowing it to be part of the story, 
That's where we begin to heal and find some of the peace that we seek. Just to let it be part of the story and then it loses some of its power because we're not pushing so hard against it. This is another uh, a quote from Pima Children um, from the chapter called Three Methods for Working with Chaos. <laughs> Each chapter is so good, you guys, I'm just telling you. Anyway, trying to prove that pain is a mistake and would not exist in our lives if only we did all the things right. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you, but to me, I have put so much pressure on myself at various times in my life to be good to get it right, to not miss it. That's one of my anxiety's favorite things to tell me is that I'm going to miss it. Um, I had a girlfriend um, who just is one of those people that busts out with little moments of wisdom at random times almost, it seems, who said to me, uh, and she used an expletive, I'll edit it for you guys, but you can't mess it up. And I was like, what? No, surely I can mess it up if I make the wrong choice or do the wrong thing. No, 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 you can't mess it up. It's all part of it. It's your choices. It's your life. It's your sad or mad or bad or angry or frustrated. And it's also your joy and peace and calm. There's not a right way to do it. This is another line. This is from uh, from the chapter Opinions. It says, cultivating a mind that does not grasp at right and wrong, you will find a fresh state of being. The ultimate cessation of suffering comes from that. You guys, what if we could just let the hard stuff be part of the story? Not get worked up about it. Let it be what it is. Be in our feelings. And just let them be okay. It's okay that I'm mad. It's okay. This is part of it. I just, I, I, and no expectation of even engaging that idea perfectly, right? That, that Again, that's a practice. That's something that we can return to over and over again as a space of, what if we didn't grasp at it? One of the things that I do think that requires, though, is a different pace. You know, it's when we get worked up and we get into that overly efficient, checking the box, getting it done, go, go, go kind of mentality that, by the way, our culture loves. They want us to be machines that just go and go and go. But if we didn't, if by the small act of resistance that we will go at a different pace, that we will take care of ourselves, that we will rest, maybe that gives us the space to reduce that grasping for what's right and what is wrong. Ooh, listen to a pastor not saying right and wrong. Dear goodness. But it is it is going against the grain. That's another one of the chapters in this book. Talks about going against the grain. Instead of, this is a quote, instead of fending it off and hiding from it, we could open our hearts and allow ourselves to feel pain. Feel it as something that will soften and purify us and make us far more loving and kind. Wow. What if we don't just accept our pain, but allow it to be something that shapes us into a more loving and kind version of ourselves? That, that the pain, anxiety, fear, frustration, sadness, all of it might not be a sign that we're wrong and bad, but may in fact be the exact thing that shapes us into good and kind and calm and peaceful. 
I mean, this is a, a flipping upside down of things, which, you know, my, my favorite uh, spiritual leader, Jesus, <laughs> is always doing, right? Always flipping the idea on its head, you know? Our, again, our, our, our society, our culture teaches us go, do, be more. And once the, you know, there's some version of enough out there that will then make us feel that calm and peace and content that we want. Well, this, these ideas are a little different. Okay, they're a lot different. <laughs> they're nearly the opposite. The, the, the out there, that the productivity and the doing and the go, go, go is not the thing that's going to finally make us feel enough because we're already enough. So then it becomes about taking the time and making the peace and listening to ourselves and engaging a different pace. Pima children will often refond to this, refer to this as the middle way. This quote says, the middle way involves not hanging on to our version so tightly. It involves keeping our hearts and minds open long enough to entertain the idea that when we make things wrong, we do it out of a desire to obtain some kind of ground or security. Equally, when we make things right, we are still trying to obtain some kind of ground or security. Could our minds and hearts be big enough just to hang out? in that space where we're not entirely certain about who's right and wrong. And if that gives you a little bit of anxiety, let me just say it does me too. Hang out in the, in the unknown? Release my tools, release my judgments, release my confidence in this and that and the right and the wrong and the do and the go? That's a whole other level. And again, I think there's just got to be mounds and mounds of grace because I'm not going to get that right all the time. I'm not going to get that right a lot of the time. But it, it remains an invitation, not another way for me to measure and punish myself for not getting it right, but, but an invitation to a different way, a middle way. I'm going to close with this, uh, with this quote, and I, I literally wrote, wow in the margin. So I hope that it wows you as it wows me. This is from a chapter called Non-Aggression and the Four Maras. To be fully alive, fully human, and completely awake is to be continually thrown out of the nest. To live fully is to be always in no man's land, to experience each moment as completely new and fresh. To live is to be willing to die over and over again. From the awakened point of view, that's life. Death is wanting to hold on to what you have and to have every experience confirm you and congratulate you and make you feel completely together. So even though we say the Yamamara is fear of death, it's actually fear of life. Talk about flipping things upside down. I know I said I was going to close with that, but there's just one more quote I can't close without saying. And it's from um, a chapter on intimacy with fear. It says, fear is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth. I just, I wanted to end there because this can be kind of scary, you know, to start to dissolve our categories of right and wrong, to stop justifying ourselves by our productivity, to stop... Uh, investing in efficiency and checking the boxes off of our lists, our never-ending lists, 
to stop gunning after what we think will be enough that will finally make us feel enough and content. And instead, maybe, maybe it's exactly the things we're trying to avoid, anxiety and fear and, and anger that might just shape us into the compassionate, contented beings that we hope to be. Maybe that's where our sense of enough finally resides, is a space where we can be in acceptance that it's all part of the path. It's all part of the story. And we can quit running from the things that scare us. Friends, that's my prayer for you today and my hope for myself too, as well as all the boss ladies out there. And uh, may you make friends with your fear and may you feel a sense of peace as you begin to let go of that which you are grasping. And may peace and contentedness continue to blossom within you. Thanks for sharing your time with me today. Grace and peace, friends.